Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 42, Wedges and Pickles. Enjoy the show! I'm Rosie, I'm Jessica, and you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. We've just come back from a festival. We have. We've just returned from Fairport's Cropperty Convention, the festival run by Fairport Convention in the village of Cropperty. Do you know Glastonbury isn't in Glastonbury, it's in Pilton? I think I did know that, actually. Yeah. 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 120,000 people go to Glastonbury. More than a third of the population of Iceland. Yeah. If Glastonbury and York got together, they would beat Iceland. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Those are the only populations I really know in my head. <laughs> I know any other populations. Six million people in London. In? London. Oh, I thought you said Elgin. Belgium without the B. Yeah, if you took all the Bs out of Belgium, it would be Elgin. <laughs> Fairport's Cropperty Convention is a lovely festival, which we have been to a couple of times before. I went in 2007 and 2008. As to Jessica, Jessica went up for a day. I went 2009 just for the Saturday. Our parents have been several times. Every, every, time every year since, since, actually. I have been attending the biggest arts festival in the world, going off to Edinburgh, except last year when I probably was watching telly. I'm not sure. So it was something of a triumphant return. For the well, two of us. We have been for a couple of years. We arrived on Thursday morning. We did not leave at a stupid hour, by my reckoning. It was quarter past seven. Yes. We were aiming for seven. I think quarter past was quite good. I was trying to get up for six, but I was woken at three o'clock by our mother trying to do some extra packing, I think. (laughs) (laughs) There was talk of blankets. So I sat bolted upright at about 3.30, thought, my God, we've got to get going. Realised it was still dark outside. Then couldn't get back to sleep, so put my headphones in on my phone. But my phone was my alarm. And then because I had my headphones in, I forgot to set a sleep timer. So my alarm started, but it was no different to what I had just been accidentally listening to for four hours. So I then didn't wake up till 20 minutes before we went to leave. And I was not happy with this. I got up at six. Yeah, the bitter irony. That's because Jessica takes a long time to sort of coagulate in the morning. We had a pleasant drive. It wasn't raining at that point. It was very nice. Um, Stopped at the nearby services to meet up with friends and go and get a coffee and use the felicities. We then pitched our tent, had a lovely sit down, strolled down to the field for four o'clock to hear Fairport Convention acoustically open the festival. I would like to stress they were amplified. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't just sitting on a stage where only the first row of people could hear. It's a lovely festival of about 20,000 people at peak capacity. Definitely not a lot of That's all in, that's vendors and stuff. Yeah. And crew and stuff. And it's brilliant because their main arena, well, they only have one stage. So unlike all these other festivals where you have to work out where you're going and then it takes six hours to walk across the Glastonbury site, you go, you sit down, you put your seat, your chair down. And that's you, it for the rest of the day. You are done. If you would like to go off and purchase a buffalo burger, you troll off, you troll back. <laughs> It's a delight. It's a sloping field, a natural amphitheatre. Yes, it's fabulous. Beautiful. So what were some of your highlights, Jessica? A Fairport Convention, quite quite good. Yeah. They were all right. I really liked Edwina Hayes. Yes. She was very good. Lovely, and also had stolen Sheridan Smith's speaking voice. Yes, she had. That was quite interesting. She was very lovely. Blackbeard's Tea Party, I'm sure you were you're going to mention them. They're, they're yes. Fun. They're from York. So I have seen them in their sort of nascent state a couple of years ago. I have actually played on some bills with uh, someone it was a basement open mic I mean <laughs> there was no entry level for me they were great they were the only band I actually went down the front and stood about and had a boogie to other times I was sitting in my 
highly reclinable camping chair. Yeah, we've got really nice camping chairs. That's my advice to you. Get get a really good camping chair. Yes. Jessica and I went and bought new camping chairs for Guide Camp last year. And we went up a level. These ones... For an extra fiver. Head support. Really strongly insulated cup holder. Keeps your tea warm, keeps your beer cold. Yeah. Not at the same time, because <laughs> that's disgusting. The Blackbeard's Tea Party were absolutely rollicking. And later I saw some of their members dressed up as Dorothy et al. from The Wizard of Oz. You may not remember the character of Al, but he was pretty good. Highlights for me. In fact, one of the main reasons I wanted to go this year. Saturday night, Chaz and Dave. They were, they were good. Turns out, I love Chaz and Dave. Not much patter. That's the only thing. I don't want patter. No patter at all. I wanted a bit of boogie-woogie, a lot of boogie-woogie, a bit more boogie-woogie, cockneys, and then to play the hits. They played all the hits. Rabbit. 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 I find that impossible to get my head around. How do you not just end up saying rabbit at the same time? I went to bed after that, but you stayed to watch the Australian Pink Floyd show. Yes, uh, they were good. It was hammering it down with rain by that point. Oh, yes. The main thing that happened on Saturday was... Don't overlook, don't hide the lead. Piss it down. Yeah, what was became basically a community production of Noise Flood took place because it was the heaviest rain the world... Not the world's ever seen. No, it actually wasn't the heaviest rain we've seen at that festival. But no. um, last time I went, I ended up wearing a bin bag skirt. It was it was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. And then I went back to the tent during its heftiest bit. And when you're in a tent, it's slightly hard to gauge how heavily it's raining because obviously it's massively amplified. It always sounds worse in the tent. You quite often go, oh, it's raining again. And then you step out of the tent and go, oh, it's actually, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't need a hat. A little bit of drizzle. Not a little bit of drizzle on Saturday. No. I actually don't think the tent was properly representing how damp it was. Outside. Well, the tent is massively waterproof, so it didn't fail us. My umbrella, on the other hand... Not so much. But I was wearing ghoul and waterproof trousers and wellies um, and like eight other layers. But the umbrella I was also using did, after a while, it gave up and I just got a wet head. My umbrella stays up for about three minutes. It's a small pocket one and collapses Constantina style around one's head, including the head of the small child we gave it to while she was eating a curry in the rain. So that umbrella is now in a bit. It did actually make it home, which things don't always. I have been shoes in Edinburgh Waverley Station. <laughs> uh, I think I've been some shoes in York City Centre once. Everyone has a pair of shoes that have, they have not brought home from holiday with them. Yeah. I think our dad's cagoule is now in a bin. That's in a bin. Probably in general. It was a really lovely weekend. It was hot at times, but not so hot. The previous times we've been. The first year was the hottest thing known to mankind, and I did not really enjoy it. It was sort of nice for about five minutes. You get, oh, fabulous sunshine. And then you just wished for your life to end. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next year, we thought we could do with it being a little bit colder. Now, on the same principle that some Lady Gaga is eight Lady Gaga songs, (laughs) a little bit colder is it will solidly rain all weekend. But it was rescued by a Bob Marley tribute band. Bob Marley tribute band. And the sun came out and we had potato wedges and beans and you guys had cheesy sauce. Mmm. Mm. Something so far from cheese, I uh, it's not even seen cheese. Right, it's served with a ladle and it looks like custard. I mean, if you told me it were custard, it has that kind of malleable tastelessness. But with a slightly rubbery quality to it. Yeah. You have like to eat it quickly. Don't let it get cold. No, don't let it set. Plasticine. Like it's, like it's made of um, melted craft slices. Mm, very mm. much so. Other uh, single-serving cheese slices are available. We had some wedges this year, actually, on a Saturday night, and I sort of started shoveling them in. One, really, really hot, and uh, then I was full quite quickly, but I saved them for a bit, and they were amazing cold about two hours later. About quarter to twelve at night, 
Cold wedges and beans. I set off. That's the way to go. On Thursday. Seriously looking forward to the buffalo burger stand. You can't wash your hands at a buffalo. And when we arrived, the first thing I did on the field, scout out all the places, go and fish curry. Do I have to? Coffee and donuts. Old El Paso. Vegans. But the wedges were there. That's what. That was my main worry. Wedges were there. But I knew. I knew somebody somewhere would sell me some sort of fried potato goods. But the wedges were there. Luckily, Elfie's Jessica over here. Mexican stand. Are you a Mexican or a Mexican? Well, you're a Mexican because they were selling buffalo burgers, yeah, they were. and they were incredible. I also had conceivably the most disappointing meal I've had. I would say in about five years. You know, not just. It was just so disappointing. It was a pulled pork wrap. It wasn't really pulled. It hadn't been cooked long enough. It didn't have a sauce or a liquor to it. So it's just dry bacon sandwich. No, because it was the yeah, that's what you had for breakfast on Friday morning. Oh, you did a really disappointing breakfast. <laughs> Basically, I was really let down by the pig community. I wish I'd had one of the vegan burgers because mm. they do like a fake meat one, but I, I, I forgot. I just ate wedges. There was a point where I thought I have planned out all of my meals and then exactly. it was a bit hot and you're not always necessarily hungry. And yeah. it tasted like turkey fricassee. Weird. Yeah, you shouldn't eat a pulled pork wrap and think, oh, December twenty seventh. All in all. I had a delightful time. I did. I've got a tan. My tan is um, normal people's starting point. No, your tan is normal people's pasty. And I was wearing sunblock. Apparently there isn't enough sunblock in the world. Can I just check, because you have been camping, that it's not at? Uh, no, I did. I, I've... I've uh, had a scrub. I baby wiped. I just used a bit of lick on a hanky, and it's... Um, <laughs> doesn't need to come off, so... There was one point where I went, oh my god, look at, this, look at my hands, and then I realised that I'd been folding up a pair of shoes in a, in a piece of newspaper, and it was actually just newsprint. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> my hands went a slightly weird neon pink. Mine did look a bit corpse-like at one point. Was it Saturday night when we went back to the tent to get mm. more clothes? The trick is, find a band that you're sort of ambivalent about, and go back to the tent to get your, your many, many layers of clothes for the evening, because it's very, very hot during the day, and then it's cold at night. So you put all of your clothes on. If there are more bands that you're ambivalent about... Just sit next to Jessica and complain, which is what I did. If you're sort of enjoying gentle music in the background and you want to annoy Rosie, just read out all the recipes you're going to cook from the magazine you've brought with you. I was reading book number 20 on my many books. book about swearing, which meant I had to be quite careful about what I said to people because my brain had become a gutter <laughs> simply by absorption. It was very interesting. It's a, you know, etymological study, but filth, filth central. What else have you done this week, Rosie? Well, Jessica, cast your mind back to 2012. I've been to the BFI! Yay! I went to the inaugural talk that they had for their Teenage Kick season, which is a season on teenage films. The event was called We Could Be Heroes, and it had four speakers chatting teen films and introducing some clips. It was excellent. I asked a question that set off a really long discussion, i.e. was a great question, which I nodded sagely along to. Hmm, hmm, yes, hmm, I agree. I see what you said. What was your question? Well, you don't remember, do you? No. One of the speakers was a guy called Charlie Lyne, who has made a film called Beyond Clueless, which studies teen films in what's sort of referred to as their second golden age. This goes from Clueless pretty much to Mean Girls, and I asked if your film stops at Mean Girls, and all of the films we've been discussing are pre-Mean Girls, where are teen films going now? What are kids watching? Are they all just watching Twilight? Hmm? 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 Oh, it was brilliant. I was wearing a bright red lipstick. I listened to an episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour where they discussed that the other day. Mm. I think it was one of their back catalogue. It wasn't yeah. from about a year ago, I would guess, but it's very interesting. I also went to see Mood Indigo. I saw a trailer for this. It looked um, whimsical and yes. it has Audrey Tattoo and uh, Romain Dury. Off of Popular. Off of Popular. Yes. All of the coverage I've seen is 
Oh, it's Michelle Gondry. Oh, it's so whimsical. Oh, it's almost too sweet to take. Oh, it's, it's about French and, uh, and, uh, and doesn't everyone look nice? Yeah, it's about a woman dying. Oh. Mm. The cinema I went to see it at then did a tweet the next day saying, "Need a uh, pick me up." Come <laughs> see Mood Indigo. I saw. I saw your. I saw Tweet your about tweet. About you it. crazy people! If you need a pick me up, go watch the first thirty minutes and then go for a wee and don't come back. <laughs> So that website which tells you when to go for a wee during all the films. Oh, I should do one for people like me who don't like sad films, who when to leave the film. There is a web, another website which I think it's called Does the Dog Die? And it tells you if the pet die in the film dies. Uh, and it has a little key, so it just is a list of films and next to it will be the symbol for what happens to the dog. So a, ha- a happy dog is the dog lives. A sad looking dog is the, the dog is injured, but not mortally. Or it appears to be dead but then it isn't at the last minute. And a dead dog is a... A dead dog. Yesterday, Jessica told me an anecdote, which involved 37 <laughs> dead cats. And I couldn't go to bed for 45 minutes because I had to think about this. I've been watching an episode of Hoarders. That's all we need to know. Not just films, but you've been reading. Have you finished your book yet? Oh, yes. I am about 75% of the way through book 20 of my reading challenge. However, one of the books I read... <clears throat> was the sort of 600-page monolith that is Thomas Piketty's Capital in the 21st Century, which I thought I would read for two reasons. One, people keep talking about it. Two, I desperately want to show off about something. And I have read that book. I understood maybe one in every ten words. But I read it. I have a lot of strong ideas now. You're all getting taxed. So I finished that, and then I read several very, very short books to alleviate brain pressure. I'm about 50 pages off the end of Divergent. Uh, my aim was to finish it by the time we I left work on, on Wednesday, sorry, so I'd finished it before we went away, but I, I didn't quite make it, but never mind. Um, it's a very quick read, it has to be said, so it's not going to take me long to finish it when I get back. I read a bad book called Agatha Raisin and the Key to Death by yeah. M.C. Beaton. Usually, we try and keep a very positive tone, even when I find this distasteful. I'll sort of pick up some nice things. It's just rubbish. Like, it's not very interesting. The plot's not very good. The writing's a bit boring. And the worst thing is, I bought it in an omnibus on my Kindle. So I've got three others, which I feel slightly obliged to read. Uh, sucks to be you. I know. I went out for cocktails the other day, which was very lovely. Tell me more. What did you have? Well, I had a pina colada. And then you got caught in the rain. And then I got caught in the rain. I did make that joke as well. And uh, one of my friends went, I knew you were going to say that. The way you started that sentence, I knew you were about to say. Have I told the story on this podcast about at my last job where we sold drinks? I needed a bottle of port to take a picture of, and I went and asked the product people, can I have a bottle of port? And they said, do you mind a specific one? And I said, no, any port in a storm. To absolute silence. (laughs) It wasn't even, that was a bad joke. It was, am I in Magneto's plastic prison? I don't know what's going on. Any port in a storm. That's well done. Oh, exactly. That is a high quality joke. We've discovered that there's a um, a cocktail bar near where I work. It's happy hour lasts half for half an hour after we've finished work on a Sunday, so you, you leave work and, and run. You don't actually have to run, but you do. You, you have to walk you at do, a, a fairly quick pace to get there. So we all had pina coladas. And then got caught in the... And then got caught in the rain. But my nails look fabulous because I got them shellacked. Yes, very interesting. I am... Oh, since I've had my acrylics off, this is the closest I get. I had them done on Wednesday. Can I touch them? You can touch them. They're dead shiny. They haven't chipped at all, and I've been at a festival. Whereas the first thing I did when I got back from the festival, A, turn the Wi-Fi on. B, take my nail varnish off. Your song! My song is... Rose is furious about this. I'm not furious about the existence of this song. I am furious about you singing it at me repeatedly, despite the fact you only know one line. (laughs) 
Uh, one of the bands we saw on Saturday was Marillion. He have a song that I really like and was nearly my song last week, but I decided to save it for this one, uh, which is Kaylee. Only I don't really know all the words, so I just sing the chorus at Rosie, and I don't really know all the words of the chorus, so I just sing one line. It also is painful because Kaylee is the name of my Cabbage Patch Kid and our intern, and you're giving negative connotations to something Kaylee. I love. It's not spelled the same, so that's fine. Bake off chat. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are entering the fine season of the summer. The return of the Great British Bake Off. Woohoo! From BBC Two to BBC One, with I'm pleased to see no format changes. Wednesdays at 8pm. Don't know if I mentioned on the podcast where I went to the Hampton Court Flower Show, and at the Hampton Court Flower Show, I saw Mary Berry. I went to a talk that Mary Berry did. I stood in the same room with Mary Berry. This is gr- just, yes. Really exciting. She's really nice. She is, isn't she? And she says, she, I can't remember why, and I nearly told you this the other day when you were talking about Gordon Ramsay, um, there's no need for swearing in the kitchen. Obviously, it's a high-pressure environment, but there's no need for it to be fraught and for people to be angry for there to be bad language. The reason I was talking about Gordon Ramsay was because this book is like the time I watched too much Kitchen Nightmares and I couldn't talk to anyone because I thought I was going to start swearing at everybody. <laughs> it just seeps in like a sponge, like a rude sponge. Yes, and she's worked in lovely kitchen environments and people, everyone, everyone gets on and everything gets done, it doesn't matter. So we are very big fans of Bake Off. I'm pleased to say I was an early adopter. I watched the first series. Yeah, me too. Lots of people I know have been saying they've only been starting this year. What is wrong with them? Because I've been talking about it the, for a long time. Like, the, the day we found out it had been invented, I was excited. Yes, in fact, I got a message before it broadcast from my friend Zena telling me I had to watch it because it looked perfect for me, because I love Sue Perkins. Yes. And cake. Brilliant. And if anything, I love them both more now. So it's moved from BBC Two to BBC One. 8pm Wednesdays. It used to be on Tuesdays because I used to yell at my guides that I wanted to go home and watch Bake Off. <laughs> I used to use CSI. But we have our fresh batch of a non-baker's dozen of yeah. bakers. I always think that they should um, have 13 contestants. They only, only ever have 12. I don't know why. They're a lovely bunch this year. I've also felt that even this year, they're all standing out in different ways. Because sometimes there's like a rabble at the back. And you're like, oh, you're going to go in the first three weeks. I don't need to think about yeah. you. Whereas they've all got little personalities. Yeah. That Scottish bloke's amazing. Norman, he makes a skateboard. Yeah. He talks about his German schnauzer. Brilliant. My two picks. Team Martha. Yeah. She's 17. She knows more about cake than she has any right to do. But she's also really sensible. And she's sweet and she seems really good at talking to camera i'd like her to have a teenage cooking show you like the bit where mel told her to stop she, shaking she was, i can't remember what she was trying to do she, oh she was trying to put the decorations on her swiss roll and her hand was really like every, I've, you've never seen it, it was just a montage of shaking hands from everyone in the tent but her hand was shaking she was trying to get the decoration on. and sue actually looked up and went stop the shaking she went sorry adorable i also really like chetna because she yes. just seems very competent yeah she just got on with it didn't yeah. she and she's from Broadstairs, which is where we went on holiday. Yes. I liked Nancy, who won the Star Baker mm-hmm. this week. For the same reason that Rasheen Connolly did. On Bake Off Extra Slice. Bake Off Extra Slice. Thank you. I was going to say it takes two, and that's obviously Strictly Come Dancing. That went, something went a bit wrong, and uh, and she she dealt with it, and Mel said, are you worried about it? She went, nah, it's just cake. <laughs> just carry on. Um, and also the lady who was in the WI, whose name I've temporarily forgotten. Mm-hmm. Diane? I think that's it. Yeah. Well, we were doing this show when Baking James was on it. That year was the year that I was at the Fringe and my dear friend Tom and I, for the first few weeks, we would do our show, we'd do a bit of flyering, and then we'd 
go home, get into bed, and have a lovely nap and watch Bake Off. <laughs> it was a delight. You've got an image of the two of you, see they're like Morecambe and Wise with a cup of tea. <laughs> it was really very <laughs> that. There's that Ian bloke with a marvellous beard. That's what he's bringing. Beard, yeah. But yet also has a real job. Yeah. You thought he was going to be like a marshmallow architect. Yeah, or um, he was going to... Whittle owls. Make, yeah, or make bicycles out of all musical instruments or something. <laughs> I like that because it's the reverse of what you think it might be. <laughs> Swiss rolls, just. I liked with the Swiss rolls that a few of them had done the decorating the baking sheet beforehand, mm. so colour some of the mixture and pipe it into a pattern, then when you put the rest of the mixture on top of it, you coax the pattern into it. I thought that was kind of cool. I think it was the two dads had done very well. The man who has the four identical aged children on the floor. Yes. And, and the, the, the builder, The builder with the two, two little girls, so he'd done like a pink flowery um, Swiss roll. They looked lovely. And although Kate's red velvet cake was overcooked... Gosh, it looked impressive. It looked fabulous. I love a red velvet cake. I was at the BFI and the showing was early enough that I had to have quite an early dinner. There's always a food market, like a really nice street food by the BFI. Oh yes, I know the one, yep. It was a nightmare to walk through. It was actually the most testing thing of my existence. And I was going to buy loads of basically pulled pork. Then there was a baking place and they had red velvet whoopie pies and... Those are my favourite. I get them from Hollywood Bakery and I had to just leave and I was so angry. The cherry cakes? Well, you learn. You have to chop your cherries, but not so finely as they dissolve like Jordan's did. Yeah, but you also don't want them whole because they will sink. And also, I would not want to... You get a whole cherry and that's too much. I'd I'd choke. I would choke. Even if I wasn't going to choke, I would choke on purpose. I think quarters is about right. Yes. Was it Chetney who did the very beautiful icing? It looked kind of like a snowy scene, the way that you do it, so it perf- like it's obviously very controlled. It hasn't got to the bottom. Yeah. It looks like someone's drawn a picture over... Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they were very good. And the mini cakes were an exciting range of different things. Nancy's were just marvellous. Yes, they looked, they looked lovely. And she'd used her cunning guillotine and a bread knife to, uh, to chop them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Now Claire went out in this episode. Yes, I think rightfully. I think rightfully, and I think she knew. So I think, that yeah, was she, okay. yeah. And when on uh, the extra slice, they said, do, "Do you think they made the right decision?" She went, "Yes, <laughs> it's absolutely." And although she said, "Oh, she'd have been really good at bread week," it's not like in previous series where somebody said they were quite upset that they hadn't got a chance to do that. Yeah, and she did bring two extra slice, perfectly rendered versions of her chocolate cakes, which looked exactly they, like they were meant to be in the picture. Picture, and they did look excellent. I also thought she was just charming. I'd happily watch her on she that was, every week. She was great fun. Hilarious. I think she'd have been a lovely presence on the programme. Her chocolate cakes managed to look like souffles that had gone wrong. Uh, yes, I thought they looked like those sort of puddings where you get the, like a chocolate lava cake where mm. you get the, the runny bit in the middle. And if you've managed to bake a cake that's gone so wrong that it no longer looks like a cake, I feel it's acceptable yeah. to go, go ahead. Yeah. I think it was just unfortunate she had a really bad weekend. Like everything, she had something that went a bit wrong in every step. Someone's got to go home. Someone's got to go home first. So she took it very well. She did. Stack of the day. Wedges. Yes. Yes. Wedges and beans and a pint of Wardworth 6X. Very good. Rosie, what's your song? Gotcha. I was so excited about seeing Chaz and Dave, mainly because on a, a series of Strictly Come Dancing, Len told one of the male dancers he needs a bit more gotcha. And then I knew that, that was going to be a thing. And then Chaz and Dave came and they played that and they played one about a sideboard. There was a song about Margate, which we totally did not pick up on while we were there. No. Chaz and Dave. Gotcha. I'm going to buy a t-shirt, they're 16 Needle and fed! Needle and fed. Jessica has made a very exciting addition to her modern lifestyle. I bought a KitchenAid. 
I actually bought it a little while ago, but I finally used the KitchenAid. I went for Ice Blue, which is a slightly, it's actually a kind of a pale aqua colour. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's delightful. That's like my new favourite colour. I keep buying shoes that colour as well, nail polish and stuff. I'm so into pistachio. I used it the other day to make a Victoria sponge cake, and it is a treat. The Victoria sponge cake, from that point on, did not go well. But that was not the fault of the KitchenAid. That was entirely the fault of you. What? I think my oven runs a bit cool. So it took ages to cook, and because I'd opened the oven to test it, it then sank. And what did we learn on an extra slice? If there's one thing you know about baking... I can make things quite quickly. No, you shouldn't leave an oven open that long. <laughs> it still wasn't cooked, even after I'd left it, after it had sunk. So it took like over half an hour to cook, which is too long for Victoria sponge cake. And then it stuck. So I managed to piece it back together with some jam, and it tasted fine, but it, it looked a mess. As always, when people have their baking disasters, I like to refer to the time... I made my first cake away from home at university, used plain flour, didn't know you had to put baking powder in, came out of the pans, curled in on itself like a giant flat mushroom, we just filled it with Betty Crocker and used it as a floppy plate. (laughs) I have also been baking. I made more of those brownies. Classic. I am going to have to stop making those brownies because I genuinely have quite... Because you're not going to fit into any of your trousers? Yeah. I thought, okay, well I'm going to space it out. I'll I'll have one. One a day with my cup of tea in the morning. That seems like a sensible approach to eating a batch of brownies. By the end of the day, I'd have eaten about three more. Yeah, of course, yeah. They, and so, this isn't a reflection on me, it's a reflection of the fact they've got half a kilo of sugar and nearly 400 grams of chocolate and loads of butter. Like, they are ripped. I have to give up eating them. I bake them with my friend Sasha and I tried to give her more to take home and she very sensibly took a quarter of the batch and had three quarters of the batch. I also baked some banana bread. Lovely. It took about 12 minutes. We had some mushy bananas. So I thought, oh, we'll turn these into a banana oh, bread. they're so quick. And it's this amazing recipe. I did most of it in a saucepan because you had to melt some sugar and right, butter yes. together. And I didn't even use like a mixing bowl because the way it all worked out, you could just sort of slop it. Oh, great. Brilliant. I meant to make some banana bread the other day because I had some bananas that had kind of gone over. And I didn't quite get around to it. And when I picked up the bananas, they'd really gone over. And I thought, no, those are going to go in the bin. Yeah. Those I could probably pour out of it. Like, they weren't mouldy, they weren't horrible or anything, but I thought, no, they're, they're giving. They feel like a sack of something. something. That's not quite right, so I, they went in the bin. I'm, I don't have food recycling where I live. You can get one of those pickling things. Oh. They don't smell. What do you do with them? I've never come across... Well, obviously, you've not been doing what I did the other day, where I treated myself in bed, cup of tea... Right, I see where this is going. Rain sounds. Lakeland catalogue. Sat in the Lakeland catalogue for an hour. I've already read that Lakeland catalogue. But I've got it under my bed for easy access. They don't, oh, hang on, they didn't even do the pickling thing. I'm talking about the wrong thing. Oh my god. The pickling thing is in the Wiggly Wigglers catalogue, which is another of my favourite catalogues. <laughs> you put these little things on your countertop and they've got this Japanese brand. Wait, so hang on, it's not a composting thing, it's a... It composts your stuff by pickling it, or some kind of pickle thing. What do you... Right, here's my question. And then you end up with like a liquid, a liquor at the end, that you can just like then give, give to people with plants. Right. Maybe. This segment could maybe have done with more research. What I'm trying to say is you can get kitchen level composting okay cool i'll look into it so that's fed needle <laughs> no Rosie still sucks at eating <laughs> i finished the frog i i thought i'd mentioned this on the podcast before but we had a quick scroll through and apparently i haven't but i finished the frog hoodie yay yay and i believe it should have been given it to its recipient yesterday so hopefully uh, it should be with its uh frog small frog wearer right now um it'll be too big for him but that's not the point that is absolutely the reverse of what you don't want though so what a stupid sentence that is exactly what we want (laughs) exactly what we did want to happen i finished that and i was pleased with it but i did forget to take pictures of it when it was finished so hopefully his mummy will take a picture of me in it I am aware of modern parents, and let me tell you, they love a picture. Yes, yeah, so that's all done and dusted. I was pleased with it, so that's good. I'm probably going to knit another one at some point, because I know there are a few bits that I found trick I hadn't done before, so it would be good to, to knit another one now I know what I'm doing. 
but I've moved on to boot liners uh, amusing a, re- uh, a recipe yeah let's go with it yeah amusing a recipe pattern by uh, Ruth Gallo I found it on Ravelry and it's just it's one of their free downloads I mentioned last week that I was I was knitting some boot liners or I wanted to knit some boot liners because I was going to wear wellies at crop day I haven't quite finished them my aim was to have them done by by Saturday night so I could wear them whilst we watched Fairport Convention close the show um, they weren't quite done but I did a lot I'd cast on and done the first two rows maybe of the first boot liner um, I now have well, I did it in a slightly complicated fashion I got slightly bored and I wanted to finish them to a point where they were wearable by Saturday night and I also realised that my wellies are possibly not the roomiest wellies so I, I cast off when I got to the ankle and I thought I can always graft on the foot later. So at the moment it's more like a kind of gaiter leg warmer type situation. Um, so I've just done a kind of loose cast off and then I can unravel it and start again. I did that in two days. I've knitted, knit a whole a whole gaiter. Yes, and a very half. impressive. And it's it's got a, a ribbed cable top and then you decrease down the leg. And I've done an exciting pattern. So I'm using two different yarns. I'm quite pleased. So I made it up as I went along. All right, I used just Aran Weight, some of the WI acrylic stuff, because they're going to get in wellies, they're going to get wet. And I don't tend to wear wool because of the whole vegan thing. And it's actually really nice. It's what I use for the frog, because, you know, babies make a mess. So you want to be able to wash stuff easily. I like it. I think it's good. But that's not quite what the pattern recommends. I thought it worked really well for, for what I was doing. And it, I wasn't sure about the needle recommendation, because for needles it says 5mm 32-inch circular needles. And that was, I found them impossible. So I switched to my DPNs. Actually, I didn't have five DPNs. I had fours, but because I was using bigger wool, bigger wool. But actually, they fit perfectly. So that worked out really well in the end. Sit down and shut the folk up. I'm sitting down already. Our intermittent recommendation of some folk music for you, obviously inspired by Fairport's Cropley Convention. We recommend to you Blackbeard's Tea Party with Chicken on a Raft, which I'm told is about eggs on toast on a Monday morning. And there's a dance. Which later in the day I saw some people doing to some some Fairport medley of Morris tunes. Very brilliant. Very brilliant. Very, very brilliant. Very brilliant. <laughs> some medley. What, what have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Hey, my dear friend Jess, not, not this me. One. Although I think that was evidenced by the two words preceding Jess, has been tweeting a series of photos using the hashtag Salem of the day. They are pictures of Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch with things he has said. Turns out that Salem is a guru for modern times. A genius who is harassing Paula Abdul over the phone. <laughs> it's brilliant. So that is my recommendation to you. We will retweet a couple from our account. At the day of fun show. That's what I've seen this week. Mainly I've been seeing live music and film. So that's enough for this week. So, yeah. See, See you, you next week. Fortnite. <laughs> To find out more and to look at our show notes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at sayhellotorosieandjessica at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. You can listen to our shows on Mixcloud or you can download us from iTunes. See you soon. I have been attending the biggest arts festival. The biggest <laughs> arts <laughs> festival. <laughs> I mean, if you do that as well. <laughs> I've been attending the biggest... The biggest, <laughs> biggest arts festival. I might put this up in the credits.